Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of Easy and PK Talk Fantasy Football. After a one-week break, we're back at it. How are you feeling today, Ease? I'm hanging in there. Not the best, but uh, hopefully this will serve as a good distraction. And uh, I look forward to the next half hour, hour, and uh, we'll see what we all talk about. Yeah, I'm excited about it, too. So since our last pod, the season has ended and lots of changes, so much to talk about here today. Why don't we start talking today about kind of how the last week or two ended in our regular season? Which games stood out to you as ones that really shaped how the playoffs look? And we'll talk a little bit more about the playoffs here later on in the pod. But what what games did you have your eye on? Well... Me, personally, I had my eye on my own game. I was playing John, and uh, it was basically uh, winning, winning I'm in or lose and need to get plenty of help from Aaron B., which he did his job by taking care of Joey. But in my game, I just it was one of those as things... As things went on, I could just tell that I was going to lose. Just things like, I know Christian McCaffrey had a, well, I think he had a 73-yard run to start off the game, but he got tackled at the three-yard line. And it's just little things like that where it's like, well, he didn't get in the end zone. He ran 73 yards, so it didn't score a touchdown. And... Mm -hmm. I just had a bunch of little things like that that happened the whole time where I could just be like, okay, I, I'm i losing from here on out. It's pretty easy to tell that things are going to line up right for John and wrong for me. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. I know on, the, uh, on Monday night, I had the lead going into Monday night by about 15 points, and he had Saquon Barkley going. And, of course, Barkley scored two touchdowns, which I think he had two the whole prior year. So it was all just things like that. So that that was my game and my frustration for the week. I'm smiling because it's come up so much this year since we talked about, would you rather be the person in the lead going into the Monday night game with nobody to play or rather have players to play? And I feel like you've got put in that position a couple times this season you've been the one who has had the lead and you have gotten beat in each of those times. But I feel every time I'm in that situation where I'm the one with players to play and the other person's ahead of me and I got to catch them, I almost never catch them. So that's why I think it's just all dependent on your experience. You've gotten burned on that twice now, at least this season, maybe more. And so that just further solidifies your, I'd rather have players playing on Monday night than everybody everybody in the clubhouse waiting for the last groups to come in, you know, so to speak. It's the fantasy gods or the script writers or whoever you want to say is in control of fantasy football. Just we're not, not in your favor. If I won, I was in. If I lost and he lost, I was in. If I lost and he won, then he was in. Okay, so you had the point score tiebreaker even. You basically had two of the three things that you needed in your favor and you came short on both of them and he and he came out ahead on his the other thing about this week is that josh was going into the week in the second 
best position with uh, this first round buy. For those of you who maybe not in our league who are listening in, the top two teams in the league get first round buys based on record, not division winning. You don't have to win the division to get a first round buy. It's just the top two records in the league get first round buys. And Josh had every week, like he, he was in that position to get the first or second first round buy all the way up until the last week of the season when Aaron Bavakwa beat Joey and Josh lost. Josh actually ended the season on a three game losing streak after all of the things we've saying about his team all year, how about this juggernaut and how it won't be able to be derailed. Uh, it's, it, it's been derailed and it's actually looking quite precarious at this point as we enter the playoffs. But Josh does not have the luxury of a first round buy any longer. Aaron Bavakwa wins, jumps you into the playoffs and secures the first round by as being the second highest uh, record this season. So all of that went down in the last game of the regular season on Monday night. Isn't that crazy? That's just that's just crazy. And I didn't realize that I'm looking at it now. I didn't realize that Josh lost by 151.96 to 150.02. So he lost out on that first round by by less than two points. Less than two points. And that first round by is huge. I You're automatically in the contention. You, you move into the second round of the playoffs and you are guaranteed a money game because we pay out third place in our league. So at minimum, you get to play for third place. And at best, you're going for the championship if you win that that uh, second game of the playoffs so yeah wow josh loses by less than two points misses out on his first round by after leading the league in aggregate wins which i'll highlight here in a little bit and being the league high score six times this season he is not going to be a first round by and will have to play this weekend in the first round of the playoffs yeah so interestingly enough since you and i both missed the playoffs this season we happen to be the best of the worst. Both of us get a first round by in the in the playoffs for the consolation bracket. I don't know how I don't know how good it is for the two people in the consolation bracket to be talking for the entire league, but that's a situation we're in. <laughs> it's just kind of funny how it all it all turned out. Uh, the the podcasters get to be the uh, consolation bracket by by week getters. I'll take it. There's a little bit of money in the in the consolation bracket. So, well, we got something to play for. Regular season's over, and I wanted to take a minute to talk about the aggregate finals for this season. Everybody's played 14 weeks, and we've collected aggregates over the last 14 weeks, and here's how it ended up. Josh finished in first place with 124 aggregate wins, which is good for third highest all time. He's only been beaten by Shunk and John, who both eclipsed 125 aggregate wins back in 2021. But Josh now has the third place with 124. And with that, as we mentioned, despite dominating the league, his next closest opponent was John at 109. So he outscored John by 15 aggregate wins, which is considerable. He doesn't get the first round by and misses out so that is something that's quite interesting second place was john at 109 third was you at 97 oh don't mention you, that 
despite being the top three in aggregate wins for the season, you do not get to play in the playoffs this year, which is shocking as well. Aaron Bavakwa does get to make the playoffs and gets a first round bye, and he had the fourth highest aggregate wins at 87, and he had an, a plus 2.09 win differential this season, which means that based on his record versus what he should have gotten in his aggregate wins, he is two wins higher than he should have been, which is incredibly lucky in that regard based on win differential. Bob is in fifth place with 82. Bob made the playoffs. And an interesting note about this, Bob also had a lucky year. He had 1.55 wins above expected. This is Bob's third consecutive lucky year. Since we've expanded three times in a row, three lucky years in a row, that is, um, uh, that is unique. Nobody's ever had three consecutive lucky years in a row. He has an all-time win differential since he joined the league, his all-time win differential is plus 11. He has more 11 more actual wins than he should based on the win differential metric. He's saying he should play the lottery, huh? Joey was in sixth place with 79. And even though Joey is in the top half of the aggregate wins for the season, he also misses the playoffs. So two of the top six will not be playing the playoffs yourself and Joey. I was 7th with 74. Jake had 73. Shunk had 68. Teagues had 68. Jim had 37. And Getch had 26. One final note about the aggregate totals for this year. Adam's 68 aggregate wins. This is the first time in 17 seasons that Mr. Shunk has ever had a lucky year. He's either been right on or unlucky for 16 straight years. And on the 17th try, he finally gets a lucky year. So congratulations to him, I guess, if that's something that needs to be congratulated. I guess you deserve it after 16 years or 17, however many you said. Yeah. I would, I would consider it unlucky to never have at least one lucky year. <laughs> so good, good, point. good for him. Good point. We move on to the playoffs. Yeah. Let's yeah. Let's move on to the playoffs. Let's talk about the first round. You want to take the first one? Sure. Well, well. first of all, like we said, John and Aaron B got the first round buys, which uh, you kind of come to expect out of John year in and year out. But I really feel that Aaron earned it this year. I, if Going into this year, if you would have polled us and said, you know, do you think Aaron will make a first round buy? I, I don't think you would have got anyone to raise their hand on that. So congratulations to him on that. And uh, again, we talked about Josh leading the entire year and now being forced into a first round game. And that first round game he has is against Jake. Um, the sleeper app has had going into last night had Josh winning by about 20 points. I personally think it'll be closer than that. Uh, last night, Jake got 18 points out of Easton stick, which any points there are a plus and he really does have the rest of the team that's coming on strong he has good players he has Pollard Gibbs Drake London Devontae Smith Deontay Johnson Evan Ingram Mari Cooper Trevor Lawrence so he really does have a a team that can compete and it'll just 
And as far as Josh is, like you said, he's kind of, he's, he has no Keenan Allen. Stefan Diggs hasn't done anything for about five or six weeks. And I think the real big factor in this game will be the health of Tyreek Hill. Whether he plays, whether he plays at 50% or whether he doesn't play at all, I think that's really going to be the the needle and the, the determining point of who wins and who loses. Yeah, my comment on this game is certainly watch out for Jake. Josh has no easy cakewalk here. Last year I played Jake in the first round of the playoffs and Lawrence and Engram toasted me. Those guys seem to play best in 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 December. Ingram and Lawrence seem to be December-type players, and they toasted me last year in the playoffs, and I think Jake's got a fighting chance against Josh since Josh has been has been fluttering here in the last month of the season. And you got to um, figure with Kirk getting injured, Ingram's going to get even more balls thrown his way. Yeah, he's definitely a red zone target for Lawrence. It's true. That's that's going to be a big matchup. That's the that's the point stack right there. That that's my new thing. Yep. All right, the other first round game is uh, Shunk versus Bob, and I'm Team Bob here. He, I think you agree. He's the hottest team. He's won four in a row. I think he took the second playoff spot because catching Josh was going to be difficult. But lo and behold, he did catch Josh. He ended up with an identical record to Josh by the end of the year, but Josh beat him out in points scored so they both ended the season as um nine and five i do believe bob caught josh which i didn't think was possible and he is certainly the hottest team his double barrel shotgun of quarterbacks prescott and love are two of the top 10 quarterbacks and he's got some oldie but some goodie wide receivers evans adams and cup did he start adams last night he did start Adams last night, and Adams went for I think one hundred and one and a touchdown. Couldn't couldn't ask for more than that on uh, first weekend of uh, playoffs. He also has Joe Mixon, who he traded from you late, and I secretly or not so secretly, I guess, quietly curse you for doing that because that's one of the reasons he beat me. He ended up winning all of his games and beating me by two games, so there was little chance I was going to catch him in the playoffs, but. Trading in Mixon late didn't help, Elliot. I am sorry. Mixon was not doing much. Mixon, pretty much his points come down to whether he scores a touchdown or not. And now all of a sudden with Cincinnati's new young quarterback, they're giving Mixon the ball more, and lo and behold, more touchdowns. Yay. Yeah. Just in case you're wondering where Elliot's at, um, he, he traded my direct competitor, Joe Mixon, who finished the season strong, and then Elliot turns around and trades me. That did not turn oh, out at, well. I yeah, am you, traded me, you traded me Adam Thielen, who I started in two weeks, and he had two of his worst weeks of the season. So I, I, I get it, Elliot. I see, I see who you were cheering for. I'm just, I get it. Yep, I'm just going against you. That's, that's my you whole were, that's You were my just whole trying story. to poison my well. You were... You threw a dead skunk in my well so that I would get my season cooked. I see how it is. You sabotage my... I love you, man. I know. I love you, too. I don't blame you for a minute, but it just didn't work out for me. All right. Well, the consolation bracket, uh, we'll talk more about that another day. Yeah, once once that gets into another week, we can... uh... 
when it gets down to the last four in the constellation, maybe we'll talk more about that. All right, let's want to talk about a message you got from one of our league men, league yeah, mates. Yeah, let me pull it up here. I got a message the other day from uh, Shunk, and I'll read it so that I don't get anything wrong. He just writes podcast discussion idea postseason waiver wire etiquette. If you're out of the championship bracket, should you be bidding on popular waiver wire targets or letting the teams still in it have have the chance at those guys? And he writes, I could see arguing either side, so I thought I would share the idea. So I guess what we we are both in agreement about is and maybe and I don't it's not just because we're both not in the championship round, but I think we both agree that every team should have every chance at any guy on the waiver wire, regardless of whether in the championship round or the uh, or the consolation round. Would you like to expand on it? We can talk about this for half an hour, I feel like. Yeah, I think we can keep it pretty quick. My first and foremost, I think, is all the players are for everybody because this is a dynasty league. You can't say that any players are off limits if we get to keep our rosters every season. And who's to say that a player that I like, I I picked up some young wide receiver this week. Honestly, I couldn't tell you his name, but I know he had a good couple of weeks and he's a rookie and I bid $10 on him because I knew many of you didn't have much money left. And I thought, Hey, what if this guy turns out to be a starter next year? Who knows? I might, I might drop him in the middle of the season. I really don't know. I honestly picked him up thinking he's he's a rookie, he's a wide receiver, he could be good someday. So why not take a take a shot on him? Because this is a dynasty league. There's no reason that anybody should be off limits from any anybody else's team. That's that's my number one point. What do you think? Agree? Disagree? I agree one hundred percent with that. One hundred percent. And from my vantage point the uh, Titans played the Dolphins, and the Titans ended up beating the Dolphins, and uh, they interviewed DeAndre Hopkins after the game, and the Titans are out of the playoffs, basically. And DeAndre Hopkins said that regardless of our record, we're going to keep on playing, and we're going to keep on playing hard. And I kind of bring that over to Dynasty League, and I kind of feel the same way. Hey, we're playing... We're not in the championship round, but we're still playing for something. We're still playing for pride. I know I personally, there's three weeks in the championship rounds, and I personally would want to get the high score every one of the three weeks and show that I belong in that championship round and not in the consolation bracket. And that is, that's my take on it. I agree. I play fantasy football for pride as well. And the third point, and it's a rather minor point, but you and I are both in the consolation bracket, but each team throws in $5 and the winner of the consolation bracket takes home, what, like 30 bucks? So there's there's something in it. And I didn't get any high score weeks this season, and I'm down $150 or whatever our entry fee is. So if I could win $30 by beating all of you in the toilet bowl, then I'm going to try and do it. And I'm going to keep picking up players and I got 60 fab dollars left. So you can't take it with you. So I'm going to spend it. I guess playoff waiver wire etiquette that 
there isn't really two sides in my opinion. There's one side and it's everybody gets all the players regardless of where you are right now in the playoffs or not in the playoffs. You no, good with I that? Agree. I agree with that 100%. Uh, what should we talk about next? Moving on, should we talk about the Vikes this week? Uh, Yeah, let's do it. I don't know. Do Go you? They play the Bengals this week on Saturday. It's the early game on Saturday, so it'll be nice to have something to wake up to, have breakfast, waste a couple hours, and then they will be on. And it will be a it will be a very interesting game. And the fact that last week we won three to nothing going up against a rookie quarterback, and now we're going up against another rookie quarterback. And now we have Nick Mullins starting instead of Josh Dobbs. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. I don't know. What do you think our chances are? I think our chances are pretty good. I don't think our offense is all that great, but I feel like we have a Super Bowl winning defense. Throughout the season, they've just gotten better and better and better. And with our defense, I would not bet against us in any game just based on our defense alone. If we can... Scrape together 10 points, we'll win 10 to 9. If we can scrape together 28 points, we'll win 28-24. It's going to be a one-score game because that's just what we do in Minnesota as the Vikings. But if our defense will keep us in it, we have a chance. And I agree with that. I somehow see the, the final score of this game being somewhere in the 15 to 12 range or just something strange like that five field goals to four field goals or just low scoring. Like you said, one score game. I'll probably come down to the final final two minutes and who has the ball and probably who can kick the ball through the uprights the most. <laughs> Absolutely. Last time we played the Bengals, I think we lost an overtime on a field goal a couple, couple seasons back. I think it was the opening game of the season because I came over and watched it with you and we got a little B-dubs and – Evan McPherson sunk us with either a last-minute field goal or an overtime field goal. That that was Mike Zimmer's last year, I think, so that must have been two years ago. One thing I wanted to bring up, um, if you don't mind indulging me for a few minutes, is something that actually hit the cutting room floor after our last podcast, but we talked about how the last-place teams in each division now get to draft their new divisions now that the Dynasty pod has been triggered, and I wanted to bring up an idea of possibly realigning the league into two divisions compared to three divisions. And especially now how the playoffs have shaken out this season, I think I might maybe have you on board. So hear me out. Here's, here's my pitch. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I don't think I, you have no idea what I'm about to say, right? Because I don't think we've ever talked about this. This is just you, me talking, you listening. This is all new for me. So I hope I'll just sit back and listen. Let me, let me know what you think. So I think we should go back to two divisions. And here's the reason. I think that we should go back to two divisions and have the top three from each division make the playoffs. This is going to then not have, we won't have to worry about first round buys not going to division winners any longer. Because for the last two seasons, the second first round buy has actually gone to your division because you happen to have the second best team in your division. And I don't know if I like the idea of that after trying it for three seasons. If we go to two divisions, we can realign and each division winner gets a first round bye. 
The reason I originally really liked three divisions is because it could allow for a balanced schedule. We have 14 weeks to play in the regular season. In three divisions, you play everybody in your division twice, so that's six games. And then you play everybody out of your division, and that's eight more games, so that's 14 weeks. So you have a nice balanced schedule. In a two-division league where each first-place team gets the bye, how does the balanced schedule work? Well, you would have six teams in a division, so you'd play everybody in your division twice. That's 10 weeks. This is much more similar to how the NFL does it too, right? You play a lot more games against the NFC if you're in an NFC team and the AFC plays a lot more games against the AFC. And you're playing against competition in your own division and you're all fighting for that first round playoff bye. And so I feel like it's just kind of more like actual football, NFC, AFC sort of divisions um, or conferences in this case. So you play everybody in your division twice. That's 10 games. So what about the remaining four? Well, you play four crossover games every season, but there's six teams in the other division. So every year you play four of the six teams, but the, but the next year you don't play the same four teams. So you can rotate your four crossover games over the next three years, and you will play everybody from the other division twice in three years. And that's kind of what the NFL does too, is like you cross over divisions. So like the NFC North this year is playing a set of games against the AFC West. We've all played everybody from the AFC West once. So that's kind of what the Vikings and the Packers and the Bears and the Lions are doing. And that's what we can do too, is we can cross over. And I have no problem keeping track of that schedule and who plays whom. So in summary, two divisions, six teams, first round by goes to the top player. You play the majority of your games in your division and you're all battling for playoff positioning. Four crossover games every season that rotates every three years. Anyway, does that, does that all make sense? It does make sense, and I actually really like the idea. You know, I mean, fantasy football is all about trying to mirror the actual NFL football, and going to two divisions then would be, like you said, would be the equivalent of, you know, having the two conferences that the real NFL has. And they do already play that unbalanced, schedule outside of their division where they play the, you know a division from the other conference and then they usually end up playing what is it two games or two or three or however many games usually against you know if if they finish first in their conference in the previous year they'll usually play the fir the first place team in the other conference so yeah, going that route and if someone and if you're willing to keep track of who's playing who in those in those other games, I think I'm I'm with you. I think it's a good idea. It just makes sense that you play 10 of your 14 games against your direct competition to make the playoffs. And then once you get to the playoffs, you're once again fighting against the best of those teams in your conference. And, you, and you'll only meet the best team of the other conference in the championship game. So it's very much like the NFL where, you know, NFC teams only play NFC teams in the playoffs until the Super Bowl. Just like if we go to two divisions, you will only play teams in your division in the playoffs until you get to the Super Bowl. So 
you're, you're fighting it out between the teams in your division and in the playoffs, it's the same thing. So it just, it just seems to make, it seems to make sense. So I just like to throw this out there to the loyal listeners of the pod to see if they or just to, I'm not asking you to vote on it today, but I just want to put that idea out there to see if anybody else is interested in kind of thinking about the same thing. We can still draft new divisions, just make it two instead of three. I just think it, it works better. That sounds like a great idea to me. So next year when we come up with the new rules, um, I think I will be on board with it. Awesome. Well, I got one vote. Great. Got one so far. All right. I think you'll be able to get many more. Oh, well, good. I hope so, too. I think it's a pretty convincing argument, and I don't see any negatives to it. And the only negative is, well, we've done it this way for the last three years, but we're kind of redoing all the divisions anyway, so let's just try something new. And if we don't like it, we could go back to three divisions or go no divisions or whatever and just work it out together as a group of 12 of us. So I feel like, well, with, the, I feel like with the three divisions, you're much more dependent on others. And if we go to the two divisions, it's much more on you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's based on what you can do compared to your direct competition, not what other people are going to. Yep. Due to spoil to spoil your chances. Exactly. All right, let's let's hit up the mailbag before we go. We had an email actually over a month ago from our pal Jake. Jake sent us a mailbag question. Love the mailbag questions, everybody. So keep them coming. Once again, it's uh, easy and PK talk fantasy football at gmail.com to send all your comments and mailbag questions. Jake had a number of really thought provoking questions, and I'll take the first one. Um, and I'll let you talk about the second one because it has very much to do with you specifically. But Jake asked, who do we think will win the AFC North? I guess I don't have to take this. We can both weigh in on this. But Jake wanted to know who's going to win the AFC North. Right now, it seems to be the Baltimore Ravens, right? Like, they seem to be one of the best teams in the AFC. Everybody else around them seems to be kind of having a hard time. I mean, Pittsburgh's quarterbacks injured Cincinnati's quarterbacks injured Cleveland's quarterback is injured the only team that has their quarterback is Baltimore they are in line for the number one seed in the AFC so I don't know if any other team could catch Baltimore what do you think it's Baltimore all the way you can I just don't see how any of the other teams can win consistently down the stretch these last four games with backup quarterbacks um Mitch Trubisky in Pittsburgh looks just awful. I don't know. If, I don't know if you watched any of their games, but during the game, uh, during the one game I was watching, I know they were mentioning how the how the fans were chanting for uh, Mason Rudolph. So that tells you how how they feel about about Trubisky. With Cleveland, you got the the senior citizen at quarterback now that they've ran through about three others so they got Joe Flacco going which yeah he has the experience but he's also over the hill <laughs> and then can I interject who, something about Joe Flacco quick yeah I read a I read a news article this week that says that he gets four million dollars per win his his contract is incentivized really? based on how many wins he picks up he gets four million dollars if he wins a game that's crazy so he can just Turn around and hand the ball to Jerome Ford all all game long, and if it if that works, he gets four million dollars. 
if every win he picks up, apparently he gets $4 million. I'm going to have to fact check this, but that's what I, I, I read the headline. I didn't read the article, but I read the headline and I was like, that's crazy. $4 million for just winning football. If you got Good for the him. skills and why not? All right. All right. So, so then do you, uh, should I talk about the other uh, question he posed in the, uh, in the uh, mailbag? And you draft every you draft at the beginning of the season, and that's all you do as far as your roster goes. There's no picking up guys. There's no dropping guys. There's no trading. You just draft your roster at the beginning of the season, and you go with it. And you get put into 12 team divisions. The top two in each division move on in the playoffs each week. Um, I had just one of my teams advance and you so I went from a 12 team division to now everyone zeroes out and we're in a 16 team division and one team advances from there into the next week and I'm really not even sure how it goes from there this is just kind of a learning year for me Jake asked who to root for that's on my team and if you are just watching football this weekend, and if you want to root for people, uh, quarterbacks root for Brock Purdy and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, running backs, I have CMC, Derrick Henry, and then long shots of actually not as long of a shot anymore. Ty Chandler looks like he's going to be the lead back for the Vikings this week now with uh, Wang Hu. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't say it. I can't either. And then at wide receivers, uh, I got a pretty good, pretty good slate of them in Metcalf, Ayuk, and Sutton. And then uh, also Johnston, and if Collins is able to get off the injury wire and off the injury wire and play, it would help out a lot. But Johnston actually scored a touchdown last night. I think. It was probably his first of his year, I believe. Don't you have him on your fantasy team? Yeah, I drafted him in the first round, and he had a touchdown last week as well. So he's got a so touchdown last row. weekend and this week. So he's someone's got to catch the ball over in Los Angeles Chargers, so it might as well be him. Yep. So those are my main guys. Um, I'm really not expecting uh, too much this week, but you never know. So this, if this team is the first out of 16, you advance to the next round. Correct. And I'm not sure how it goes from there. Well, I hope, I'm hoping for the best. Uh, I, Ty Chandler, why not? He could be the one. He could be. And he, he would that be would... a great one to have because I'm pretty much guaranteed that he's not on anyone else's team. So if yeah, he could have a big week, be... that would help out a ton. Yeah, that's kind of how this goes is like everybody could have CMC or Purdy or Lawrence, but Ty Chandler, I don't know if anybody saw that one coming. Exactly. Do you want to get that mix of guys that are proven and you know you're going to get points from, but then you also want to probably with those last five or six rounds take chances on guys that no one else else is going to draft, but you feel, you know, that they might not be able to help you early in the season, but once they get going and once they get accustomed to the NFL, they might be able to help you later in the season. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds fun. I might have to join you for 
one of those next season. That sounds like a like a cool idea. It's yeah, it's it's really a lot of fun, and it's only twenty five dollars a team, so you're not breaking the bank. All right. Well, we we yapped on here for almost an hour, which was a great time. It was nice catching up with you. But I think it's time to go. Um, but we'll we'll catch up with you again next week. We'll take a look at the second round of the playoffs. Hopefully, we can get together and, and chat, see who advanced, see who's playing whom, and see if John and Aaron Bavakwa can keep marching towards that championship round as the first round buys. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, Elliot, it was excellent talking to you once again, and we'll talk to you again next week. Mm-hmm.